Hi, everybody. It's No Show. This is Matt Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Jeff Borman. Amtrap CEO Jeff Klee developed and sold his first video game at the age of 13. In college, he and a buddy got a crash course in the intricacies of the airline business while planning their own backpacking trip, and later decided to use that know-how to help others save money on airfares. It was first known as 1-800-CHEAP-AIR, we know it well, founded out of a University of Michigan dorm room in 1989, and soon after, CheapAir.com was born. Then later, Amtrav, which serves almost 400,000 travelers annually. What can I say about Jeff? He loves his wife. He loves his two kids. He loves his golden retriever. He loves the LA Dodgers. He is essentially our Captain America of travel, (laughs) and he is coming to save us from paying too much to fly. Jeff Klee, welcome to No Show. Uh, thank you, and thanks for that 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 trip through time. I gotta say though that 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 video game when I was thirteen was not impressive. Trust me, if you could see it now, you would not want me on your show. You should just tell people <laughs> it was Defender. <laughs> it was, oh yeah, yeah. I Cubert. I made Cubert when I was a kid. First off, you are CEO of Amtrav. What is Amtrav? Yeah, Amtrav, we are a, a, a business travel solution. We're, we're an all-in-one solution, meaning you get both the technology and the service behind it. Uh, uh, we serve kind of two masters, the, the, the travelers. We give them a real consumer-grade experience, since that's a, a word that everyone in the industry likes to use. It's really easy to use to book your travel, to organize your trips. But at the company level, you we provide all sorts of features like you know visibility and, and and savings and control that companies care about so we try to strike that balance where we can make both uh, the CFO happy but also the road warrior and Travis also intimately familiar with the hottest acronym in travel NDC uh NDC enabled solutions people in travel tech know what it is at least they think they do uh it stands for new distribution capability uh, in your words, for people who've never heard of it, what is it exactly, and in what way is it changing how we travel? Yeah, um, I mean, in technical terms, it's really just a schema. It's a way airlines communicate with third parties. Uh, the kind of the the legacy way is called Edifact, which has been around you know since forever. And uh, Edifact is. The, the, the airline will send out in kind of a, a fixed field, like, and I'm, I'm going to oversimplify this, but just to, to make it clear what I'm talking about, this, it, let's say they might send 20 characters back and, you know, the first uh, four are the flight number and then the fifth through six are the airline code and then the, the price is like position seven through 10. So it, it's really rigid, really fixed. And um, the industry has been been kind of squeezing everything they can out of Edifact for all these years as, as airline sales have become more complicated. So NDC tries to um, give you a, a richer way to communicate that's not as fixed, that, that that's a lot more open. I mean, it's XML, which is you know also extremely old, but but not quite as old as Edifact, but, but it allows more, um, more flexibility if you want to uh, if an airline wants to offer a bundle where there's Wi-Fi included in this, or we've got instead of just you know one low fare, we've got seven different fare brands. Having that that more free flowing structure makes it much easier to communicate those offers and that information to uh, travel sellers. But I think NDC also is sometimes conflated with just the idea of um, airlines use the term modern retailing. Just how can we make the experience better for travelers uh, and 
see more, have more choices, have have uh, richer descriptive content like images of planes and, um, you know, being able to add on a bag or Wi-Fi or a lounge pass, whatever it is an airline wants to sell. All of those things, it was it's almost impossible to do those through um, through legacy edifact. And that's why you have a real problem right now where at least a problem for for people like me and and, and, and companies that use corporate travel services where sometimes the, there's a content gap where what you see on the, the airline sites or the supplier sites is a lot richer. There's a lot more options to choose from than you get on your third-party booking tool. And, and that puts the traveler and the company at odds because the company wants those things, the savings, the policy, the control, um, the visibility. The traveler just wants a really easy experience um, and they want to see all their options and be able to compare. So. Um, NDC is kind of our, I've called it like the last best hope to get the best of both worlds, where we can, in a third-party environment where a traveler can comparison shop across multiple airlines, but get all the richness that they would get if they're going to an airline direct site. Is the intent then from the airline, the supplier side, to monetize more of those downstream ancillary items you mentioned bag fees and you know uh, being able to select your seat is the point of ndc to monetize that in third-party environments i mean that's absolutely one of the points and, and airlines i mean we'll say this i mean you know delta is very public about this uh, but, but all the airlines will, will, will say the same thing that they're leaving a lot of money on the table because on on their direct in their direct channels on their websites they sell and it, customers attach a lot more of those things than, than in, when they book through a third party, simply because those are offered. And uh, I mean, some people kind of ascribe some sinister motive for the airlines of, of this, but it, it's really a win-win because if I'm a traveler, if there's a, if I can get an extra legroom seat for 50 bucks, I may not want it, but I want to know the options there. If, if, if that's an option, I want to see it. And then let, let me decide if I want that. I don't want to be precluded from buying that just because my booking tool doesn't have access to it. So thinking in customer segmentation, and this might be a bit of hotel think in segments, but how does NDC impact different kinds of customers differently? So you have a, a retail leisure buyer who could be loyal to the airline or a specific airline. You could have a retail customer uh, traveling for leisure who is not loyal to an airline. You have business loyal to a program but they book through a TMC for business or a business traveler, not loyal, no TMC. Like you've got all these different combinations of trip purpose and channel. Does NDC impact those differently? For, for leisure travelers who just want the lowest fare, uh, there are lots of airlines worldwide who don't offer their, their lowest fares, like the, the basic economy fares uh, for um, in non-NDC channels. And I mean, almost all the European airlines are, are 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 at that point however if if we just talk about that we're really missing the the, the bigger picture because it's it's i mean some of the um you know the the ndc haters will say oh this is just about basic economy and corporate travelers don't care about that anyway and that that's absolutely not true i mean it's, it's uh yes the basic economy fares are excluded from non-ndc channels but so are lots of other fares including the lowest first class fare. So it, it runs the gamut from, you know, from economy all, all, all the way up to, to premium. What, what I hope to deliver and what the reason we've embraced NDC, I mean, we want to 
get that best of both worlds where we can have a give you all of those options with all of the richness that, that you would get on supplier side, but to do it in a comparison shopping environment where you can be comparing multiple airlines at once. You can mix and match if, if United has a more convenient flight going out, but American has a more convenient flight coming back. You can you can book them both in one place on one itinerary from, from one website. So that's uh, the, the, the promise of NDC is to get... Um, to get you at that level where you're not sacrificing anything by booking to a third party. And in fact, you're getting the benefit of having like all of the suppliers in one place. This has some pretty serious impacts, right? Way more hassle. Well, let me ask you the question instead of telling you, it's, I really, I'm not sure. Uh, are there serious impacts in terms of what this means for customers? The pricing thing, I think we kind of covered that. You're not going to get that most basic, most entry level uh, price, you probably then do have uh, a richer set of add-ons and clarity with content. That that sounds good. But I've heard some rumblings that you know, changes in reservations made through a non-direct channel, NDC forces those changes to go back to the supplier, uh, far more cumbersome and a lot more data issue uh, going back and forth across platforms. Is is there is there truth in that, or is that just coming from you know voices in left field that hate NDC? Uh, it, it, it's a lot of that, and it depends on how. I mean, the problem with with legacy corporate travel solutions is that they use a lot of different third parties, and they like those third party systems, even though they're old, and they want to keep using them in the way they've always used them, and their lack of willingness to uh, rethink their processes and flows is really limiting what 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 they can offer. But and by that I mean specifically, if, if you're trying to deliver an NDC solution and you're using um, a GDS, a global distribution company, to access the content, and then you have um, there are these what are called mid office like quality control systems in the middle that you know they're. Um, a bunch of players in that space. Most of them are using technology that's that's you know twenty years old. Um, and then um, the, the legacy TMCs have these these back office accounting systems that also, um, in order to get your reporting right and your duty of care right, all have all of these. Um, there's this ecosystem that has existed forever. It has not modernized. It is very rigid. It is very it is very old and, and dated, and it doesn't support new things. So if you, the airline NDC APIs, if you connect directly to an airline like we do, yes, you can service and change tickets. And in fact, it's way better than, than if you were to do that through kind of the, these old systems, um, which have serious limitations around, around changes. But if you're trying to kind of shoehorn I mean, what a lot of uh, travel management companies are saying is like, sure, we want NDC, but we don't want to change a thing in terms of how we get NDC or how our processes work. And if, if that's your attitude, yeah, you're going to find a lot of trouble or a lot of heartache that that's going to really end up bowling up to your, your travelers. That That's not uh, the whole point of NDC is to give us an opportunity to finally rethink the way we do some of these things. I mean, this industry that some of the, the processes and workflow are literally, you know, from the, the, the 90s. Uh, I mean, I've been doing this since 1989. There, there are things that have not changed 
a, a bit since then. And uh, it's so past time for um, someone to really shake things up. And and, and, and NDC is, I, I think, kind of the, the, the kick in the ass that the industry needs badly. You know, coming from much more of the hotel side in my life, the way OTAs and brand suppliers, so you know, let's call it Expedia and Marriott, just because they're the big boys in the US, right? One of the critical things between those is not just the passing of a reservation from the OTA to the brand reservation system, uh, but the data, of course, data is the new oil, right? Uh, if you have customer insights, you can do almost unlimited things with it in your marketing and your customer acquisition strategies. And so a lot of things that don't get passed from an OTA booking to a hotel reservation system is rich customer data. Is there a play that goes in NDC's development and launch uh, along those lines? Yes, I think it's fair to say that the airlines want more access to, to data. And, and one of the objectives of NDC is to be able to support personalized offers. So you can send, with, in, in NDC, unlike in Edifact, when you're shopping for fares, you can send uh, a frequent flyer number, a loyalty number, and the airline theoretically could tailor an offer. It. It's, I know, I know, Jeff. This is you shopping, so I'm going to give you this offer based on what I know you 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 like or what I think will be a, a, attractive to you. So um, they, you can also create offers based on the the company that that that, that I work for. So so we can pass a, a corporate ID. Now the corporate ID. In fairness, you were able to pass those, you are able to pass those in Edifact too. But the difference is in NDC, the airline has a much greater ability to offer bundles and ancillary. So it, in the Edifact world, yeah, I could say, okay, you work for IBM, you get 10% off. Now in, in an NDC world, you can say, you work for IBM, you get a, um, a free Wi-Fi, you get an extra legroom seat for free and uh, and, and so on. So it, it's, it's much, their capabilities are much richer. That's a nice segue into looking forward uh, over the next 10 years. What do you think the biggest existential question uh, the travel industry will face in that time? Well, I mean, this is a little bit of a cop-out, but I don't think the travel industry has an existential question. I, I think the travel industry is going to keep growing and growing and growing. I mean, I know there's all this talk about sustainability. We've got to travel less. And, you know, that I'm not trying to downplay that is issue, but we will solve that issue the way we solve every real problem with a technological solution. We will not solve that issue by forcing behavioral changes. People are not going to travel less. People are thirsty for travel that, that will continue to increase as it always has. So there will be more travel, not less travel. If I look at my space in the travel industry, I think there is an existential threat for sure. Um, and that is third-party selling like will it uh will will we and i'm not saying just amtrak but but all of us all of us who are essentially intermediaries can we find ways to provide enough value to both sides of the equation both the this the airlines and the hotels and also the um the the companies and travelers to to make to create a sustainable model and, and i think the, the the if i'm completely honest we provide a lot of value to travelers and companies. We, uh, and I'm, I'm saying collectively, again, not just Amtrak, we have not provided enough value to the, the supplier side. And, and that's why you have airlines like uh, American and others openly questioning how important 
uh, third-party distribution e even is. So I, I think this is uh, something that I'm really focused on is how can we work better and pay more attention to the other side of the equation so that there is a sustainable model going forward. Because otherwise, I mean, you could imagine a world where everyone just has to go direct to suppliers for everything they buy. I don't think that's a good world for, for travelers and it's certainly not a good world for companies. But um, if if that's if if airlines or hotels decided, hey, screw it, we're gonna just make everyone come direct, they would do it. People aren't gonna stop traveling because of this. So that's the existential threat to um to my segment of the industry. But I mean, as far as like an existential threat to travel, there's no existential threat to travel. You know, you give that example, and yet right there, I think the third largest, maybe fourth largest carrier is Southwest, and they're the classic. Only example in all of travel that I can think of that took that stance and says, everybody books direct, period. Uh, how do they, what's their take on NDC? Well, that, that's not quite true. In fact, I mean, we have a great relationship with Southwest. And in fact, I would say Southwest has, um, a, and we we connect directly with them. We don't use the, the, the GDSs. They have um, the best, most functional uh, API that, that someone like us can connect to. And, and they're, they're, now, what they don't do is allow uh, third-party sales in the in the consumer market. So you won't see them on Expedia. But but a, they're they're actually a great corporate partner, not just to TMCs like us, but also to uh, to corporations. They they've done a, a really good job reaching out to to companies. So um, I've got nothing but great things to say about Southwest and, and how they go about distribution. I I, I admire how through all economic times like they've been through it all right there southwest started in the 70s they have seen it all and they've stuck to their strategy whether it works or not i'm not equipped to say but i love that they have you know drawn a line in the sand and said this is where we are and this is where we're going to stay i mean you know what's great about southwest so they have they are one of a, a few airlines who all their fares are are, are one-way fares. So if, if you want to go, you know, I'm in LA, if I want to go LA to Vegas and it's, you know, $100 going and it's $120 coming back and my fare is $220, which makes it really easy when you're shopping on a website to pick, I want this flight going, this flight coming back. That sounds obvious, but the the legacy carriers, they don't price that way. Like the, the round trip price, the price of your round trip depends on like, what are you combining this outbound flight with? And the I can't even, I don't have enough words to say how much complexity that adds and how much like processing power it adds. And I mean, instead of doing like, you know, 200 calculations, you're doing literally 200,000 to figure out how to, I mean, the airlines, American United Delta, in order to price their own website, they're contracting with Google. They go out and Google, they say, Google, figure out this price because it's too complicated. We don't have the computing power to figure it out when someone does a search on, you know, one of their dot com sites. So, you know, Southwest has none of that. And um, it, it makes it really simple. It's really easy to change. You know, you're, you're changing a $50 ticket. You have a $50 credit. It's that simple. Uh, so uh, I, Credit to them. I, I they, uh, they, they do, they do what they do very well. You're edging towards one of our favorite topics of the year. What are your views on a travel's uh, favorite subject of 2023? One of the favorite subjects, skip lagging. <laughs> it, it, it's fun to read about skip lagging. It's, you know, 
I, I, I'm sympathetic to, to, to both sides. I, I, I completely understand the, the airline's point of view that they're not, they're not, look, if you're buying a, a ticket from, you know, wherever, LA to, uh, New York and you stop in Charlotte, they're selling that as an LA New York flight and they're, that's based on the market for LA New York tickets. But if you're a customer, you're told, well, you bought an LA to Charlotte and a Charlotte to New York flight, but you're not allowed to not use the Charlotte to New York flight. You're never going to get that. There, there, you can, I, I can explain, try explaining this for seven hours to someone. I will never convince them that it makes sense to tell them that they can't not throw away that, that ticket. So, I mean, it's a cat and mouse game. I think we don't encourage it or facilitate it. We value our relationships with the airlines. Um, I, I, I don't know that I would want to build a business around it, but but as a a, a traveler, like it's really hard to tell travelers that they can't. Well, I have a question on price assurance while we're in that area. And I've heard, and tell me if it's true or not, that NDC bookings are not going to be considered on price assurance tools. So uh, as the hotel distribution guy, right, the I find this brilliant if it's accurate that like suppliers of any kind want full control over the pricing and inventory. And you rely as a supplier doing your pricing on having better market knowledge than your customers do, right? I know when I'm going to fill and when I need to offer a discount and the retail parallel. If I know there's a 25% sale on BMW next weekend, that's going to suppress BMW sales at the dealership this weekend, right? So like having that information is critical to the supplier. Does NDC impact this properly? And does it take the trip bams and the hoppers and, who base their consumer promise on uncovering that kind of knowledge? Don't book now, book in 10 days, right? Or we will automatically continue to reshop for you. And if it's lower, we'll just rebook it, right? Do Third-party sites that operate on that kind of promise have a future in an NDC world? Well, so there's there's an issue there that has nothing to do with NDC, and, and that is that, and specifically airlines, I haven't heard as much about it on the hotel side, but airlines don't like you to reach out, period, whether it's NDC or NFAC. And, and American has specifically um, prohibited it this year. I, I, I know other airlines are also considering taking a, a, a similar approach. So I, I suspect that that won't be something that you're allowed to do, whether it's through NDC or at a fact. I mean, technically, you you could do it through it. You could reshop through NDC just like you could through Edifact, there, there's no technical reason, but but there is there is one important difference uh, between Edifact and NDC, and that is that. In an Edifact world, and this is this is why I like NDC so much. In an Edifact world, it's up to basically the the travel agency, or with, usually with help from a GDS, to figure out what to charge. The airlines don't quote a price per se for a specific itinerary. They give them tools. They say, "Here are all the fares that we're filing. That you get like thousands of published fares, and here are rules around these fares that you would use to figure out what to actually charge. And here's our availability, which is like a complicated mess of like booking codes. And they say, so you figure out what to charge. And if you get it wrong, we'll send you a debit memo we'll, for, for, for the difference. And that's the way the world has always worked. And when it comes to changing a ticket, uh, we, you know, TMCs, again, sometimes with help from the GDS have to go through that process. Well, hmm, it says here that the, you know, you can, you're allowed to change. And like the, the rules of changes are like, 
10 pages long. Like nobody reads the whole things and it, the thing. And if you get it wrong, you, you, you get a debit memo. In an NDC world, the offers, whether it's a, a change or an initial purchase, come from the airline. The airline says, here's an itinerary, here's the price, do you want it or not? Again, it seems so obvious, but that's never the way the industry has worked. But I mean, where I'm going with that tied to the reshopping, that, that, that means that theoretically you, you as a intermediary have less access to, to data. You don't have necessarily the building blocks, the, the, the tariffs and, and the availability that you could use in your models to try to predict what's going to happen to airfares you know, next week or, or, or a, a month from now. There theoretically could be an impact that way, but I think more importantly, the airlines just don't like it anyway, so they're they're probably not going to allow it for much longer. It's time for the mystery question. Jeff, if you do find time to relax uh, when you're on a flight, how do you relax best? Are you a movie guy? Are you a book guy, game guy? Do you just sleep the entire time? What is your secret to peaceful air travel? Well, first of all, like, the advent of in-flight Wi-Fi completely ruined that for me for, forever. Like flying used to be like the I used to love flying because it was like the only relaxing time where I, I, I was completely disconnected. Now it's like the opposite. And then the whole flight is, is oh, the, the internet's going out there, the internet's too slow. And so it becomes even more stressful. If I'm lucky enough to be on a flight that where the Wi-Fi is not working or it doesn't have Wi-Fi after the first uh half hour of, of, of stressing about the fact that I don't have Wi-Fi. Um, I think to answer your question, uh, for sure, what, what, what I love to do on a plane is watch um, movies that I've already seen before. So I can be like kind of watching it, kind of sleeping. I mean, I, I, I'll watch like, I've watched Wedding Crashers on planes like probably 8,000 times. <laughs> so a, a movie like that, that I don't have to completely pay attention to uh, is uh, is perfectly relaxing. This has been fantastic. Jeff, thank you so much for taking time. Oh, sure. No problem. Thanks for having me.